Welcome out, everybody, to the Tuna Army America podcast. This is episode number 38, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're coming to you for a second week in a row after a match. Yay. I can't believe it. Progress. Yes, progress. After doing nothing for eight months, we're back two weeks in a row, and we have good reason to talk this week. My my name's Adam from Tuna Army Chicago, and joining me, like last week, we have Tony from Tuna Army St. Louis. I. What are you drinking this week? King Fallen Flag. Bastard. From Narrow Gauge Brewing Company, St. Florissant, Missouri. You rat bastard. It's very good. Didn't Narrow Gauge kind of cheat in winning a poll recently? Oh, God. I don't know. I missed all that, actually. <laughs> I, I had to get the lowdown from the brewer tonight. He, I, I texted him, like, what, what's going on? He's like, they were doing some unprofessional things, and I called him out, and I'm like, good good job. Good job. <laughs> I don't know. I Oblivious to all of it. I've, I've removed myself from these Facebook groups for a good reason, and, and I got back in it for a stupid reason, and this is what I see, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Anyone can win a poll, and it's not scientific on the internet. Let's just put it that way. Nope. As long as you get enough loud voices to tell other people to do shit on their behalf, they're going to win. That's right. <laughs> but the beer's fantastic, nonetheless. I I can agree to that. That's that's. There's no denying that one. That's for sure. Anyway, we should not leave our third host hanging. We have OG David returning, coming from not Idaho, but Maryland. Yeah, I got tired of Tony speaking for me, or me speaking through Tony, or whatever the hell it was. That was so, last week, bro. I'm going to speak for myself this week. <laughs> but who's going to speak on Tony's behalf? Or who's going to speak through Tony? I'm speaking for Beardy this week. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy, is right. You couldn't get his drive through walkie-talkie figured out. Oh, Jesus. We all have better microphones this week, so hopefully uh, none of that shit that went on last week it will be available. <laughs> I've, I, I was almost embarrassed when we put it out, only because, man, it was pretty bad. But we had to get it out. We pumped this thing up, so I wanted to make sure it got out. And we had a good reason to make fun of Beardy, so that's a win-win. I can always find a reason to make fun of Beardy. He just made it a lot easier this time around. It's true. And, OG, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a nice, tall glass of absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're so lame. I just I got back from the gym. Hello, lame. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll at, wear it. At least recover with some sort of H2O or something. Yeah, I did that in the interim. Lame. You know... I've read articles where beer is a fantastic uh, um, recovery drink. It is. Mm-hmm. I will have to check that out. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of beers, it's time to open a mine. Bottles suck, dude. You need to get some cans. Well, I went shopping while I was in Wisconsin and found some stuff I can't get here. This one just so happened to be in a bomber. Which means it'll be an awesome podcast by the end. 
Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> I am drinking Lightspeed from Toppling Goliath. What did you drink last week? I was trying to think what I wanted to drink tonight. I was like, did I drink the same beer last week? Because I don't want... I, I have a reputation here to make sure I drink something different each week. What did I have last week? Oh, you had that M43 crap. Uh, that's right. And I'm getting more of that this week. I'm sorry. I like it. It's just not as good as anything that Narragage puts out. That's why Narragage was number one and Old Nation was number two. Was it really number two? Uh-huh. It was oh, hilarious. Yeah, that's a, I didn't even see the full poll results. That's further proof that's BS. But then Treehouse and Trillium and Monkish were further down the line, so that ought to tell you something about the poll. Yeah, there's no real credibility to that poll whatsoever. Treehouse was number three. It should be number one. I, I won't comment. David, OG here has stopped drinking soda too, guys. There's no Coke Zero tonight. I always look forward to his Coke Zero doing the podcast, but he no longer drinks soda too. Well, I'm six days in. I don't know if we can say I never drink soda or no longer drink soda. I'm bound to fall off the wagon eventually. Godspeed and good luck to you. I'm going to need it. But those Newcastle United boys didn't need any luck on Sunday. They fucking put out a good game. Yeah, they did. I, I have to say that that was probably the the best full 90 minutes I've seen a Rafa Benitez managed team play since he became manager in Newcastle United. It was. I'll go well, along with that. It's been a long, long time since I've seen a consistent 90 minutes. Um, and... I, I guess we can call it a complete performance uh, over those 90 minutes. It's been a very long time. I was racking my brain trying to figure out the last time that I had seen a complete performance like that, and I couldn't really think of one. So it's been a minute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it was – I watched it back last night because I had nothing better to do while I drank some bourbon, and uh, it was uh, – I specifically paid attention to Diame and Shelby – and not get so fixated on Perez and Gale and their continued ineptitude of killing any counterattack. So where they lacked in building counterattack, they did make up for in other places and in, in closing down in their work rate. But in terms of killing the counter, they were horrendous. Hey, but Lee Ryder still gave uh, Gale like nine. Uh, yep. Yep. Mm hmm. Mm. It was something ridiculous. Perez had a seven, which I, I'm okay with that. I, I thought Perez had the better of the game. He just didn't get the assist. Yeah, I, I think that both of them were deserving of a seven. Maybe a seven and a half for Gill for the assist. I don't know. Not that famous. sounds about right, but I'm not really going to quibble. I mean, there there were things that were, you know, other I mean, than you're not going to what? I'm not going to quibble about quibble. Yes, that's, I'm not going to argue. A f- it's a fancy word for argue or complain. Yes, that's a fantastic use of that word. I think that's amazing, OG. I've missed you on here, OG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not going to argue over the the ratings. Um, there were some spots that I thought that uh, Gail and Perez just made me want to bash my head against my desk watching it. But did you? Um, they. I refrained from that because I. 
I, I've already had three concussions in my life. I don't need a fourth, especially Good not thinking. from those two. <laughs> but um, not not worth a concussion. Yeah, no, no. But uh, they, I mean, they worked hard, and really, I think Rafa understands that they're both limited in what they do, and they just need to basically give everything they've got and stay disciplined. And for the most part, they did that. And so, yeah, I'm I, I'm not really going to argue over whether they got a seven or an eight or or whatever. Uh, by by the match rating, they they did what they were meant to do for the most part and kept up their responsibilities defensively. And, and in a game like that against Manchester United, you know, one of the big six where we've struggled all season, that's really all you can ask for them. And if they happen to get involved and stick one in the net, uh, it's almost a bonus. Have we really struggled against the big six? I know we hadn't got a lot of points, but I don't think we struggled against Man City or Liverpool or... That was our first win against a team in the top six all season. I, I get that, but struggle seems like a very harsh word. I, I'm talking stri- strictly in the sense of results. Okay. And, and we we needed to score one against one of the bigger clubs because the other teams around us in the table have been doing that lately, and we just hadn't had a chance to do that. I think we had a draw against Liverpool. Yes. And that really as far as results against the quote-unquote top six or what have you, or even the top ten, um, that was about it. Because, you know, we, we didn't beat Everton, we didn't beat Leicester, we had the draw against Burnley. And, and that, was, that was an important point. It was, but the, those are really the only points we've gotten against the entire top ten. All of our points had come against the bottom half of the table, which is a good thing, but is also a bad thing because you, you need to pick up points somewhere along the way. And yesterday, um, you know, it was just a it was a great result, and, and something that we really really needed. And I ended up being pretty pleased, even though it was a little frustrating and, and nerve wracking at times. Yeah, it was it was good to see that we got Lejeune back from injury, just as Clark was Clark was ruled out of this match. Um, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure that Rafa's game plan going into this weekend was to play Soleimani as he was looking good in training, but um, apparently his thigh injury flared up um, after this press conference on Friday, and he was ruled out, so it went back to the uh, the two short guys up top. And uh, it was good to see Dubrovka get his start in goal, and man, did he have one hell he of a sucks. game. He's fucking Suck. terrible. <laughs> He's fucking terrible, guys. I don't know what the hell you saw. The uh, I, I there was a lot in the buildup, um, I think, and and all the discussion that uh, it, it was probably maybe not the right match to to start Dubrovka because we know how um, the the Jordy faithful can get. Um, just ask Matt Sells how the Jordy Faithful can get about a new player on his debut, and if he does well or if he does poorly, they can get on him real quick and shoot his confidence. But He's man, very good, though. Well, true, but still, I, I think the, the fact that the fans were on his back from the get-go didn't help matters in that sense. And so for me, for me starting Dubrovka against Man United was, was kind of bold uh, for Rafa to do. Uh, from that dynamic, but man, he he rose to the occasion and he was very good 
pretty much all the time. You can make an argument that he may have made a poor choice in coming out to try to close down Sanchez in the scenario that led to to the open goal that I'm sure we'll we'll touch on a little bit later. But other than that, he was flawless. And I think that confidence um, radiated through the entire team, um, made the defense better because they had a guy that they knew they could trust uh, between the sticks that was going to communicate with them, that was going to be positive, uh, that wasn't going to be unsure of himself. Um, And I think having somebody like that in goal, uh, regardless of your level, but especially uh, in the Premier League, makes a world of difference to the entire team. Yeah, I mean, when you have somebody that's that assertive and that confident in his abilities and goal, it makes it easier for the back four to play their game instead of having to worry about um, what the goalkeeper is going to do, if he's going to do his job, if they're going to have to cover for him. And he, DeBrout, aside from that open goal with Sanchez, um, defenders didn't have to worry. But even still, Lejeune was still there to make make the, the, the save on, on Sanchez because uh, Alexis took, what, a forever and a day to make that turn. Well, the ball, the ball was behind him. He, I mean, it wasn't it just the way that it hit Yedlin's foot when Yedlin came in, it put the ball behind his path of his run. It was, it was never going in. It was never I was going to make sure in. that that got brought up because uh, Yedlin is the one that bought Lejeune the time to get into position because he, he challenged Sanchez, he won the ball, he caused it to spin a little bit away from goal, and it took a weird bounce it looked like because Sanchez looked like he was going to try to hit it and then he had to hesitate a little bit because it wasn't landing where he thought it was going to land. And at that point, Lejeune was able to to get there and get that block. And I think that got lost in a lot of it because it was like, oh, how brave of Dubrovka, or maybe how stupid of Dubrovka, if you want to look at it that way. Stupid. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced it was a really dumb decision. Um, in hindsight, it might not have been the right decision, but I was glad he committed to something, unlike somebody else that's usually between the sticks. I'm looking at you, Carl Darlow. He can't but, see you. <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about him better. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I'm fine with Dubrovka making that decision, um, but I think between that and Lejeune being in position to make the block, I think Yedlin's challenge there, um, and the fact that he was the one that actually bailed Lascelles out on that play because it was Lascelles that didn't make a decision and just yeah, stood he was, and he was just he stood watching stood yeah he, and he waited got, for he something got way out, but Yedlin coming back and using his speed and making the challenge, I think, got lost in a lot of that because there was just so much going on in that play. But if he doesn't make that challenge, I think Sanchez scores, and it's probably an entirely different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Let's talk a little bit more about Yedlin's performance because I thought that this is – I thought that this was his best performance in a black-and-white shirt. I, when you when you have to go up against somebody like Alexis Sanchez, you, you're going to have a, a tough day, and – as if he didn't have a tough enough day against Zaha and against uh, when they played Crystal Palace, this amped it up to an entirely different level, and Yedlin rose up to it this time. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about his improvement, especially his improvement since Lascelles been back. Um, Lascelles keeps him in position, allows him to be a better one on one defender. But he his speed getting back with Zaha the week before and Sanchez having these two players who have huge amounts of speed and huge amounts of talent one-on-one, he's he's shown that he's definitely a Premier League right back. 
and yay, yay, USA, go, go, go. I mean, that aside, I feel confident with him back there. He's definitely raised his game a lot. Um, when, when he came, and even early parts of this season, I was noticing the same things uh, that I noticed when I watched him play for, for Seattle, in that he would be so eager to bomb forward that he would neglect his defensive responsibilities. And he's got a really good understanding, both with LaSalle's who's the right center back, but also with Matt Ritchie, who's often on that right wing, um, that, that they're able to interchange a little bit, and he knows that when he goes forward that Ritchie's going to track back and be disciplined and help him out until he can get back. And, of course, he's got the speed to rely to rely on as well. Um, you know, One of the fastest players uh, in the Premier League, certainly, uh, to be able to get himself back into position. And all of that is just starting to come together, and I think really... Uh, Rafa Benitez is probably one of the best managers that uh, Yedlin could possibly hope to learn from, uh, purely because he's he's got talent going forward. We've known that he's kind of always had that, but what he was lacking was that defensive discipline, and, and Rafa's going to drill that into his head, and we're starting to reap the rewards from that. And Matt, we'll get back to Matt Ritchie and helping out Yedlin. It's destroyed Ritchie's offensive game, though, completely, utterly destroyed it. True, although he I mean, did pop up and score the winner. He did, but I mean, again, it was on a set piece. Again, we, we, we keep scoring on – anyway, that's for a later topic, I'm sure. But um, he, him having to come back and play that – because the first time we played United was the time it really exposed Yedlin. They kept going down that left side. This was before Sanchez. They kept going down that left side, left side, left side. And Richie a lot of times left him high and dry. He was getting exposed. Pretty Don't bad. forget we didn't have LaSalle's in that game. And LaSalle's wasn't there. Right. So the combination of those two things, but at the same time, you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul with LaSalle, with Richie. Now he's he's being better on the defensive side, which he didn't have to do a whole lot last year because, you know, the competition's not as good, clearly. So now he's having to play defense, and it's really affected his offensive game. At times it's like he's anonymous in the sense of going forward, but he's clearly not anonymous Going back, look at the number of goals we've we, we give up very few goals. We just can't score enough to offset it. Yeah, right. But I, but I, I'm of the conclusion based on the performance yesterday that it, you know we get Slomani fit and he plays you know nine ten games down the stretch we're going to be fine. But if 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 you're still thinking that we're you know, we're one two points clear of of the relegation zone right now, I think not conceding goals is almost as important as scoring them, if not more important than sure. scoring them. No, definitely agreed. Agreed, but it, but it sort of skews. I think it was last week, or we talked off you know off the pod about how we sit in tenth place for goals allowed, but we were sitting what sixteenth, seventeenth last week when when I saw that stat. So it even it supports it even more how important wall one Lascelles is, and two how they've made those adjustments since the first Manchester United game, which is really when things started to sort of fall apart for all of them. We're, we're, we're basically a better version of Middlesbrough. I'll, I'll take <laughs> I mean, that. I didn't watch any of those games last year, so I, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you. But they, just... they, defended, they defended really well and just could not score. It's basically the same song. We just have a better coach and some better players. Have you guys read either one of uh, the books about Rafa, either the Rafa Lucian or Rafa's Way that came out in the last year? 
Okay, so you know how you know the the biggest thing that Rafa Rafa loves to do is talk about balance of a squad, and and he hammers home that 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 philosophy of balance. It's very clear that this season he doesn't have that balance. He has he's very he's very skewed towards the defensive side, and he has to be right now given where we are, um, and it's shown in how many goals we and how few goals we've given up and how few goals we've scored. I think I'm hoping that Slomani will bring some some balance back to the other side of the ball, and hopefully that will also bring out um, a better side of Richie because he's been great on the defensive end, and when we need him to work, need him to work his ass off, especially when we've had to play ten men behind the ball or all eleven behind the ball, he's been able to do that. But we need some more firepower, and we need more creativity going forward, and we need more of that from him especially. Well, the, right. the, the the problem Richie has going forward, in my opinion, is he's just slow. He can't beat off. He can't. He can't get enough space one on one with Premier League defenders. Yeah, he just he just can't. Doesn't matter if it's Man U or another team. He just can't get that space to get that left footed shot, you know, off at the eighteen like he did last year all the time. No, his not only his 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 acceleration with the ball is isn't there. His actual um his his foot speed isn't there either. I think if we're gonna you know, if we're going to play, we need to start playing a little bit more run and gun and, and, and try and score a few more goals, especially with Slamani up there. And I think that when Slamani's fit, I think we're going to see more of uh, Murphy and um, and Kennedy on the wings and with so, feeding Slamani. Here's my problem. We have all these wingers, right? Which one of them has a right foot? We have two left-footed players playing each wing. We have, When Atsu plays... The the guy can't even touch the ball with his right foot. He was in front of goal in the game yesterday, and it was on his right foot, and he didn't shoot it. He tried yeah. to cut back to his left, right on the defender. Yep, he does it multiple times a game. When are we going to get a winger that has a right foot? That and that's no disrespect to Richie. It's just the reality is, we, who's that winger? Do we get a better right back and move Yedlin up? I mean, honestly, I'm being serious. That's one option. I don't know. I just. Yeah, because Murphy's left. Murphy's Talk left too, the, isn't he? He's always on the left side. I, I, off the top he's, of my head, I don't remember. He's, he's played. He's played on the right side, but I believe he's also primarily left-footed. Yeah. I mean, holy cow! I mean, because Richie ha, has to cut in every time. So the only way that really gets a cross off is if Yedlin comes up the side and gets a cross off. Now Richie did make a couple of right-footed crosses, but the crap. Yeah. There's no accuracy to them. They're, I mean, he's he's got a better right foot than. Than Atsu does. Atsu doesn't have a right foot. I mean, he he might as well just run around with one leg and just kick with his left foot because he doesn't. Every time he hits the right foot, it just goes all over the fucking place. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm really not even thinking. I'm kind of in Rafa's mode with this. I'm not even thinking about what we need to do to improve the squad or any of this kind of stuff or any of the shortcomings or any of that kind of stuff. The, the team is what the team is at this point. Um, and, and he even came out and said it in advance of the Man United game this week. He said he in in the idea that, oh, Newcastle's a team that parks the bus and they do this or whatever, he said, he said we're not a defensive team. We're a team that has to defend. We just we kind of are what we are at this point. And we're limited in our attack. We don't have right hand. We don't have really any right footed wing players. They're all left footed wing players. We don't have a forward that can stick the ball in the net with regularity. Hopefully Slomani's able to do that. And we just kind of are what we are. But I think that when we can't 
when we can't score, um, you've got to find some way, some other way to help the team. It's like when you know when I when I coach my my U nines or or the same thing I'm telling my son when he plays basketball when his shot isn't going when he can't he can't can't score. He he's just got to find some other way to be beneficial. And, and Richie, before he scored that goal, he had the most shots in the Premier League without scoring a goal. He had like 43 shots in the games this season. So he's getting two shots a game off, basically. Um, which is, yeah, I, I don't pretend to know whether that's a great, a, a lot of shots or not a lot of shots, but it seems like a lot of shots, especially without scoring. So he, he, he's got some opportunities. Maybe they're not the same quality opportunities, but he, he's doing a lot more um, defensively to help out, and I really think that that him buying into that, um, combined with Kennedy being on the left wing, it, we're really just kind of hitting the perfect storm now because Diame's finding his form. Shelby was awesome yesterday, uh, as was Diame. And uh, Dummett's back on the left wing, so we've got two fast guys down the wings that are also willing to be disciplined enough to to not leave the the center backs high and dry. And you've got two stay-at-home center backs now um, with Lascelles and Lejeune. All this stuff is starting to come together, and, and it's starting to maybe not be the, the team that we want it to be, um, or even the team that Rafa necessarily wants it to be, but it's the team we have and it's the team that we need to be right now in order to survive. And, yeah. and, and I really think that, that this game, I hope, going forward is... Is, is kind of the, the watershed for that, where they understand what it takes for 90 minutes so we can't, we don't concede our 14th or 15th or whatever it was goal in, in the last 10 minutes of a half or what or whatever that stupid stat is. Like the last five, uh, minutes, drives, plus, the, last five minutes plus injury time or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah that, just, that just drives me crazy. They're, they're, they're starting to get it together and we're starting to figure out what we have to be uh, in, in order to... Get to the point where we can we can improve the squad and hopefully have a new owner and, and a little bit more money and all that other kind of stuff. But I I think just staying with and I know I'm on my soapbox now here, but I think just staying in that moment and understanding this is who we are and this is what we have to do and it's not going to be pretty uh, and it's probably going to be really nervy a lot of the time uh, and frustrating, but. This is what we've got to do. We've got to commit to defense. We're going to have enough opportunities to counterattack that we got to stick one in, in the net. And if you look at the stats, when, when Dummett and Lascelles play, we don't hardly give up any goals. And so if we get one in the net, we're probably going to get at least a point. Yeah, I think there's, there's only been, what, one game since Lascelles has been in the lineup where they've given up more than three goals, and that was against Man City. Like three or more yeah. That's the only one. That's the only one where we've given up three goals with Lascelles in the lineup. Yeah, but it still was only minus two for that game, which is sort of the stat. He's, I mean, yeah, up until up until that loss to Chelsea in the FA Cup, he was, you know, we hadn't been minus two in any game with him starting. Yeah, or something, or something stupid like yeah. that. Yeah, in, no, in, in the league, right. in the league, we hadn't been minus two in any of those games, um, and in the league, we had not conceded three goals um, in any game Lascelles played, uh, with the exception of the Man City game. How he doesn't make the England squad, it'll be amazing. I, I, not to go off topic and, you know, none of our English, and this is where we need Jaunty on or, or Curly on, but, man, I mean, if anything, he's a much better backup 
than what they have. I'm sure. I'm sure those conversations will be had at some point. You would. You would think they'd have to be. You, you think that? Uh, I, I thought I saw that Gareth Southgate was at the Huddersfield um, Bournemouth game, and I think he might have been at the wrong game because if if he need if he needs to be watching anybody in terms of bolstering his squad going to Russia. He needs to watch tape of how Lascelles played against Man United, for sure. Because except the except the through ball to Sanchez, except the through ball to Sanchez. Well, nobody's but, perfect, guys. But, I mean, even even Shelby got megged that game. He did not in any dangerous situations, though. No, but he did. He still got megged. Yeah, overrated. Yeah, can we I talk saw, about his composure a little bit, Shelby's? Did anybody it, read the art? Did anybody read the article from the program? The, no, I didn't club read, the, it, the, I didn't read the, the club tweeted the it out. The club tweeted out this morning. You should read it. Okay, I'll take I'll take a look at that. Can we talk about Shelby's composure? Because because it looked like there were some points where they were trying to wind him up a little bit, and he read the fucking article right now. You want me to click on my keyboard? Oh, the clicking on the keyboard. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I thought that was important to and is and is kind of a mark that maybe I don't know, it's one game, so we can't really say anything, but it, it seems like he might have learned his lesson. Um in in taking all that. And I know I know he gets a lot of stick on the uh on the field and, and all that, but uh it's good for uh, it's good for him especially to uh, to not get wound up because he's basically he he's one step away from taking Mitrovic's place in the doghouse uh, if if he does it again and so he's uh, I just thought it was his performance was great his his attitude was great his mindset was great and and I thought that that. That may have been. I know his debut performance was really good, but that was one of Shelby's best games as well. I thought. I'll agree. I mean, especially when you when you when you add in Diami's performance to it as well. That was the one of the most dominating performances I've seen in our midfield in a very long time. And there was a lot of money in Manchester United's midfield that one didn't didn't stack up, and two couldn't get out of. Shelby's back pocket. Those guys bossed Pogba and Matic around, and it was amazing. <laughs> Not only that, but Lascelles and Lejeune b- bossed around Lukaku for the entire ninety minutes as well. Yeah, he had he had to shove him away to get the ball in the net. <laughs> yep, and it's one of the few good calls in the game. I don't know. I'll take I'll take the smalling dive call for sure, especially take, with, with especially with what, what how it led up to the goal. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. If anybody needs any proof of why it does not pay to dive, that right there. Absolutely. It was pretty bad in in reverse angle that you can see that Shelby like completely stops and he just flies over him. Well, he's anticipating the contact, but he does he just you know, just throws it all over. I read, I'm reading the article right now. I actually read, um, one of the newspapers did a piece off of that. So I'd seen most of that stuff, most of the crap that he gets, but 
good good for Shelby to to be winning back Rafa's trust because I I thought uh, after he got sent off the second time that he was gonna he was basically gonna go the way of Mitrovic and and be off, but he's still here and and uh, is again becoming a very very important player. I am kind of surprised that he's the one that everybody's those that are clamoring for somebody from Newcastle to get called in the England squad. They're calling for Shelby and not Lascelles, but. He's playing well, and credit to him for putting his head down and and sorting out what needed to be sorted out. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of midfielders for England that are halfway decent. Lascelles is the more natural choice for center back because they don't have a lot of good ones. I, I agree. I'm just saying what I've been reading. But you didn't read that article about Shelby from the team. I'm reading it right, I'm reading it right now. It, all, it talks all about his composure and what he's been doing to help with that composure. It's good it's stuff. Like he, it's like you didn't prepare, OG. I'm very disappointed in you. I totally maybe did instead prepare. Of, maybe instead of going to the gym before this, you should have read some stuff. Yes, well, I read some stuff, just not that. I'm not it's supposed really to get dis- in your mind. I was I, I got into your mind really, last week. really disappointing Yeah, well. to hear that. And you don't have Coke Zero, so... Yep. They changed the name of that soda, you know. It's Coke Zero Sugar now or something like that. Stupid. It doesn't taste the same either. Stupid, stupid. Indeed. It's a good time to give it up then. Yep. True. So what else are we talking about? Let's keep going. How about how poor the officiating was once again? I mean, they got the diving call right. They got the push on, on Lukaku right. But how about the, the no call on the penalty in the first half on Gale, which was an obvious call it should have been, especially when they called the same foul against us on Pogba. I I would say that, yeah, it sucks that we would have had a completely different conversation if we had had, had drawn that game. Um, definitely was a penalty. Everyone in the world thought it was a penalty. What do you do? I mean, yeah, the ref the, had the ref had a fantastic view of it. The only thing scene. I can think of is that there might have been a player, like on the replay, there may have been a player flashing through that partially obscured his vision, and he wasn't sure. I don't know. No, and I'm. I mean, I, no. I am a referee. I'm not trying to be a referee apologist, but looking back on the replay, I kind of, I kind of saw somebody flash through the screen, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe it put the ref off a little bit. Gale is flagged as a diver. There's also that. Pretty simple. Another reason why he the, should the be reverse on the angle actually was far more conclusive on that than the angle where the referee's looking at for that exact reason. Because he can't tell where the ball is, he can't tell who gets the ball, and, and he and he certainly doesn't see that uh, that Gale is is actually his foot is stood on when when you go through, and so yeah. all that stuff is 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 stuff that 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 Pawson can't see from that angle. And so, I mean, I, he missed the call, but from where, from where I'm sitting, I, there are circumstances that lead me to understand why he would have missed that call. Um, it, it's basically, I'm just saying, you know, that, that's something that when, if, when VAR comes to the Premier League, that's something that's going to get fixed because there are certain things that you just can't see well enough to be absolutely certain to call a penalty kick. So tell me real quick, 
if it wasn't a foul, it wasn't a penalty, why wasn't he shown a card for diving? Like small Because there can be contact without it being a foul. And so just because it's not a foul doesn't mean that there wasn't contact in theory. So, for instance, if, if the defender wins the ball, which he didn't, but if the defender wins the ball and on the follow-through he catches the player, that's not necessarily a foul, if that makes sense. You just look at the... Okay. Yeah, look look at the no, still game. It makes sense. Charlie I just, Adam gets I, cleaned I, out in the box. Um Going for the rebound for the penalty, which I incidentally I thought oh. I thought that should have been a penalty, but I don't. The, it's I don't the watch same other. Thing. You, you, I know. I'm I don't watch the, other games. You win the ball. Sometimes you get the man, and it's not a foul, and it's not a dive in that in that, and that must have been what what he thought he saw. Obviously, he didn't see from from another angle that he did not get the ball. Gale won the ball, and that Gale was still on, and that it, you know, if he would have seen that, it clearly would have been a foul, and he would have given a penalty kick. And so, like I said, I think that's something that VAR is going to clean up um, eventually to make sure that those things get right. But I get why he missed that one. I don't like that he missed it, but I get why he missed it. Yeah, let's hope that VAR does clean some of these things up, and let's hope that they can they can speed up the process of making these calls with VAR because they've been very clumsy in the FA Cup for sure. Um, I think the other two, there were two calls that for offside that I thought the same assistant referee got wrong. One of them didn't really have too much implication on the game, but one of them did. One of them, Lukaku, was was deemed offside even though he was on. And um, there was another close one with Richie where had it been the play would have been allowed to go on, there would have been a, a very um, obvious shout for a penalty because he was shoved from behind uh, in the second uh, half. Based on what I saw, I think Richie was offside. He was barely offside. And maybe the AR should have given the benefit of the doubt, but that one I'm 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 inclined to think he got right. Uh, I'm racking my brain to think of the one about Lukaku that you're. He was onside. He was onside, but um, Lejeune recovered and was able to knock the ball oh, back okay. to yeah, Dubrovka yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very quickly. Okay, I remember that one now. Yeah, but there was yeah yeah he was, he was onside. Yeah, he was definitely onside for that one. But the the one that. I'm still wondering how it's not a red card was the 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 high kick on on Atsu. Yeah, that should have been a red card and off the field. No, no I, doubt in my mind. It's yeah. not like it's it's not like he went down to head the ball. It he was standing straight up and I got agree. kicked in the face. Um, I I agree. I, I heard an explanation. Um, was actually they that was clearly wrong. Yes, yes. I'm I'm going to preface that by saying I don't fully agree with the explanation, but. Um, the, the explanation that was given, um, Dermot Gallagher, who kind of is the, he's the new Graham Pohl in terms of evaluating and commenting on why he thinks such and such is right, such and such isn't right or whatever. His explanation was that if we grade, we grade everything based on the challenge that Sadio Mane put on Ederson, um, and, and we assume now automatically a high boot is a red card, um, and, to, to be clear, a high boot is not necessarily automatically a red card. I thought in that case it should have been because it was excessive um, and it was complete disregard for this. Well, it, it, the it's, it's excessive and it's complete disregard for the safety of your opponent, which is those are the two things that are the criteria for serious foul play, which to me means it should have been a red card. But he, 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 didn't, he didn't make contact with his studs. He, he did kick high. Um, 
but he's not kick. He's not. Yes, yes, his yes. Face. I'm kicked I'm just his relaying face. the explanation. Don't shoot the messenger. So he 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 didn't lead with his studs. He did kick high. He did make contact with the face, but it was with the boot, not the studs. He wasn't in the process of running full speed at him. He was there. He it wasn't like a like he hauled off and whacked him in the face. He was making a controlled motion with his leg. That's all the explanation. I go back to it's complete. I go I go back to I it's watch complete. it. I watch it again. I watch it a couple times. He he yeah. did lead with his studs though. That's well, the he, thing. He he didn't catch. Yeah, that's, he didn't that, catch. That's, 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 that's I think was the point. I just go back to it's complete disregard for the safety of the opponent, and it's and he's using excessive force. That's that's serious foul play. It's a red card every time. Absolutely. I there was an interview with uh, with Pep earlier this week. Where he was talking about how they should change the the rule about reviewing plays like this for. Um, for retroactive uh, bans for changing them for if a player got a yellow card that they're still um, eligible for review. And normally I'm I'm not one to agree with Pep because I think he's a bit of a crybaby, but I think in this instance I think he's right. Yeah, I could see that, but then what the problem you're going to have with that is that's going to overload because then people are going to be appealing every yellow card to to try to get them – Get no, I don't think it's. I don't that. think it's. It's not going to be ever. It's it's not going to be every yellow card because there's because there's some very obvious ones that have happened this year that were only given yellow cards when they should have been obvious red cards. And the first one that immediately comes to mind was Harry Kane's tackle in Lejeune at the beginning yeah, of the you, season. You, you, you yeah, can take your pick with that one. You suspension. can take your, take your yeah. pick with Ali. You can take your pick with the challenge on Leroy Sané, and, and and all those. I I get it, but. It, I would like to. I would like to see a practical working pricks. out of that before I can. I can go along with it. I. I understand it, but I don't. I don't think the mechanism is in place right now. That that they, that they would be able to do that without getting completely overwhelmed with one more thing to do. They can't even. They can't even correctly do the stuff that they already do at the FA. So why give them one more thing to screw up? That's one way of putting it. I I still think that that's something that that needs to be looked at because, um, you know, you you gotta you have to be able to somehow protect your players, and if the referee's not going to be able to do it, you have to. You In have principle, to do I agree. Anyway. I just don't. I just don't think that the current setup is 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 capable of doing that. Okay. Good thing it's not hockey. Send send Brandon <laughs> Shanahan over there. They'll straighten it out. Because. I'm I'm pretty sure if it was hockey, Shelby would probably have knocked someone's head off, <laughs> <laughs> or they would have never sent Mitra out on loan. True that he would have been your enforcer. Oh yeah, he would have been. Now I'm trying to picture who the enforcers are for every team. Could you see like Fellini and Mitra going at it? I see Mitra winning that. <laughs> Mitra, I see Mitra winning that in an instant. Oh boy, who would be ever? Who would who would be some other obvious enforcers in the Premier League? So people who aren't from North America, the enforcer is the player in hockey who basically starts fights when needed. Oh boy, I'm trying. To... So in ice hockey, you can fight. I mean, you'd probably have like yeah, you'd probably have Yaya Toure, right? For City. 
I'm trying to think of who else they would even have. I'd I'd like to see Harry Kane get in a fight. And, <laughs> That'd be and, like and Jack got that pretty fighting. face. Are you serious? No, he's got that forward head postured, increased thoracic kyphosis <laughs> that just drives me bonkers. But so does Lejeune. So does Lejeune, and so does uh, Dumma. It just drives me absolutely crazy. I just want to correct their posture. What was that again? Sorry. Can you describe? Can Sometimes you use the exact terms to describe that again for me, please? <laughs> Yeah, they have a forward head with increased uh, thoracic kyphosis. I have no idea what the hell that means, but I feel it's, it's, enlightened. It's pretty pronounced. <laughs> I mean, it means the middle of their back rounds out. Sometimes people get something called hunchback. It's sort of the same thing. As they get older, they'll, they'll sort of round at their mid-back, and their head will be far forward. I can totally see Dummett as a hunchback later on in life. He does, though, but, like, he, anyway, don't get me started. I'm sorry. The physical therapist is on vacation until tomorrow morning. <laughs> Just note that neither of us started you. You didn't need, you didn't need the encouragement. I know. It's just, it's the 8.6 <laughs> king fallen flag. Let it go. 8.6, yep. I don't fuck around when I drink. Oh, man, I've missed this. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. If I wasn't so lazy, I'd go get another one, but no, we're not going to do that. I want to go to bed here somewhat shortly. Yeah, and we do this at night, so it's like uh, just a little bit of alcohol, and I'm already tired. Just <laughs> and then we throw oh, in a so double IP, like just King Fallen fucking, Flag. Just and... a fucking great bearer. I know. I, I, can't, yeah. I cannot. It is 11 o'clock on the East Coast right now, by the way, and Tony is... Probably just no, 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 I'm not even close to that, but it just, it's relaxing. I just feel relaxed. I did not feel relaxed. I wish I'd had a drink during that game yesterday. Like, the last 20 minutes, I needed one of these just to sort of take the edge off. Because I was, this cold was a lot worse yesterday. Yeah, it would have been I'm the perfect you. thing to sort of wind me right into a nap because the Blues took a nap and didn't play for most of the game. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. A, I took a nap after what? that game. This fantastic win by Newcastle, and then the Blues come in and drop an egg against the Pens. Oh my God, Sidney Crosby! What a joke. Oof. Anyway, ice hockey. We're back at ice hockey. I have it on my brain. What else we got to talk about, boys? I think that's about it, isn't it? Uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. In t- in Bring on weeks. Bournemouth. It's too bad it's two weeks away. I know. Good, good momentum, but we beat them the last time we played them at, at whatever that. Shack, they play in. No, we play them away this time. I know we beat them there last time we played them that's, there. That's the, true. Yeah, and the, it was a sloppy ass game. I remember that one very vividly. I'm like, this is they look. Well, we obviously we got relegated there that year, but it was two, three game stretches that I think are going to define what happens. I know we've got eleven games left, but there's this stretch. So you got Bournemouth, Liverpool, and Southampton. And then you've got a stretch, a three-game-in-a-row stretch right before the end that I think has got West Brom, Watford, and I forget, maybe Everton. Uh, Yeah, because Everton will be the the national meetup game and then West Brom and Watford. Yeah, those two three-game stretches, we have the potential, especially if (laughs) LaSalle stays fit and Slomani is fit and, and can find the net, to make some serious headway 
um, to getting ourselves clear of this mess uh, at the bottom of the table real fast uh, if if we can do that. And I I think I think it was really important to get a win, um, and now it's even doubly important to to be able to. To, to back that up with another good away performance. Surprisingly, we've actually been, for the most part, better away than we have been at home. Um, yeah, our, our home record this year has been awful. And so that's that's a good sign. Um, but you got Bournemouth, who's they're going to be wanting to, to make a response after getting just housed by Huddersfield. Uh, and, and so they'll be itching to put that right. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, if if we deliver the same kind of performance that we did against Man United, though, I, th- I think we got a really good shot at walking out with all three points. And if we do that, hopefully we just continue rolling with that momentum and are able to 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 pull away again from from just this cluster that's from what tenth all the way to eighteenth or nineteenth at this point is is separated by I think it's five points. It's five points. Bournemouth has thirty-one. Yeah, it's, Southampton it's ridiculous. has twenty-six. Just the, the, it's insane. So it's 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 even tighter than it was last week. Everybody but West Brom keeps winning. Yes, it's it, it's ridiculous. Everton's sitting at thirty-four. They're only eight points. Yeah, they're eight right? points I mean, out from eighteenth. They're they're eight points out, and that's not even that much. Yeah. There's still eleven games left for them to even drop even further. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, and, and, Lester, and they're Lester's dropping at, like a stone, too. Leicester's at 35 and Burnley's at 36. I, I, I think those three are okay for this season, but certainly they're they're not trending right. in the right direction. But it's just... But it, outside, the, outside the top six, there's 10 points separating yeah, seven it's, from it's, it's shaping up to basically be the same as it was last year because that's what it was. It was like 8th to 17th was 12 <laughs> points or something like that. And I, I think... I think we're probably best positioned of the teams to vault ourselves up the table, but we we got to make sure we get it done, um, and that means that we we got to make sure we we put a good performance on the road against Bournemouth and, and keep going because we we've been sweating bullets and, and and chatting off the podcast about freaking out about results because it's it's literally everybody except for West Brom is picking up points and. We just we've just got to keep it rolling. Parties going down. Parties going down. Woo woo. So is Carver. I did not know until I until I looked at the stats today. I did not know that I that I looked at the stats today that they've won out of their twenty seven games. They've won three games all season, and two of them were the first two games of the year. They've won one game out of their last twenty five. Yeah. That's yeah, like really that bad. is like Sunderland, Derby County bad. <laughs> yes, yes, they're really bad. They're really. We thought Swansea and Crystal Palace were really yeah. bad to start the year. I mean, West Brom just. But so, so not not to get too far off track, but we're talking about uh, West Brom probably going down. If they look, you know who's in second place in the championship? Villa. They're on fire. They are, they're they're one point clear of Dur- yeah, Derby County in second, and no one's catching Wolves. You know they're at seventy one points, but Aston Villa sitting at fifty nine. There's a really good chance they'll be back, which I, I'm all for. I mean, if we can't have Sunderland, I would much rather that that feels more like a Derby game than anything <laughs> else at this point. Yep, it really does. 
Absolutely. Oh yes. You, you don't does. necessarily need to have a derby, but you can have a really good rivalry game, and that's it's over the years it's really turned into yeah, that. We hate them, fantastic. and they hate us. And Sunderland's still twenty third. Yeah. Long may it continue. <laughs> Even after coming back from a three nil deficit, at the, they're at three the points from from safety. Exactly. Um, Plus goal they're minus twenty one. Hole is minus five. Well, northeast teams are bad, and I know Hull's not, I don't think, technically northeast, but it's pretty far north. But, man, some of these northeast teams are just terrible. Millwall, for fuck's sake, is 39, has 39 points. So, so, some of my friends that work at Narrow Gauge, the brewery of the beer I'm drinking tonight, they're going over in a few weeks, and they're going to the Arsenal game, it's on a Sunday. I don't remember who they're playing at this point, but I said, well, you got to go to a game on Saturday. And Millwall has a home game. I was like, that's the game you have to go to. You've got to oh, go boy. to Millwall and watch them play who, whoever they're playing that weekend and just, like, watch those fans. They're crazy. They're worse than Eagles fans. Just don't get killed. <laughs> yeah, that's – yeah, don't get killed. What weekend are they going over? Yeah, there was beer and, and bourbon involved at the time, so I can't remember the right date. It is – it's against um, Brentford. It's the Brentford game. At first, I thought it was. I think Sunderland over, game when they play Brighton because they play Sunderland the uh, Saturday, March third. On oh, March tenth. Okay, so they play Watford that that game. Yeah, I was like, that's almost a derby game. It's really not. It is it's pretty close. Well, it's Watford's close. technically London, sort of almost. They'll say they're London. London won't. London will say it's close they're enough. Not London. They they don't have anyone close around, so it's a big game for yeah. Watford, regardless. But anyway, um, I said you got to go to the Millwall game. Just I go. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> kind of jealous. You're gonna. You're gonna. That's that'll be a derby London. game too London? because Brentford's I mean, another London team. Technically, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. It, it's it's West London. I've 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 drank within a yeah, stone's throw. Anyway, so I told him that's you, that's the game you want to go to. You go. You got to go to a lower league game, and that that's a perfect game to go to. Just tell him not to get stabbed. Seriously. Unless Sutton United's playing. Sutton, Sutton, you're my my (laughs) second English team. I don't care how bad you are. We connected at that FA Cup game. They're they're fighting for promotion right now. Good for them. I'm glad that you're keeping up. I'm not keeping up, but they're, they're my team. I have their scarf and everything. If I could afford a kit, I'd get one. Brian got one. Brian's the shit. He's gone to more Sutton games than <laughs> any of us have. But we're getting we're getting way off track. Yeah, let's 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 rein this in. We're getting actually, excited about these lower league games. <laughs> anyway, so we have Bournemouth in two weeks. We have FA Cup weekend. We've got a little break here, which sucks. It's like International Week, and it's not really inter. There's no warm weather That's training good. this time around. Rafa's keeping him close to home. That's 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 making a statement because in years past when they've lost in the FA Cup and oh you mean like that time we booked the trip to Dubai so before we actually played the game <laughs> like we anticipated losing yeah I I, I yeah I just want to see everybody get fit over these next yeah you know, thirteen days we're we've actually our our injury room compared to the other teams around us is is almost immaculate. 
And I think that's another huge advantage for us. But if we can get Slomani fit and we can just make sure that, you know, like Clark comes back and he's fit and we can get everybody rearing to go, I think that's going to be massive for us coming down the stretch. Absolutely. I have nothing more to add. All right. Shall we call this thing, boys? You you just – I just texted right. that we should wrap this up. Excellent. So. I haven't been paying attention to our texting, so – I know, but you then then you magically said, "Are we done? We should wrap this up. Let's wrap it up." That's what she, that's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> does it, all right. Does so it work? We'll be does back. it work when you set your yourself up, and then you say that that's what she said? I said it. I, if I no said one else, it. if no one else catches it, then you're, you're fair game. Oh, the cat decided to wake up. Fantastic! All right, Tinkerbell says hi, world. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think it's time Deuces. to end. So uh, we'll be back. We'll be back in two weeks after the Bournemouth game, hopefully. If, uh, if this we got to get Curly up. back on. Yeah, we do. Or at least have him record Seriously. some stories. That's all Curly we need. story time. Yes. And uh, hopefully we can do that in the next couple of weeks with his busy schedule. But uh, until then, Hawaii the lads. Bye for now. Bye.